BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The following is a presentation of the Speed Sport Podcast Network. Kyle Busch won the season opener at Talladega. DeGroote was second. He's the reigning champion. It's the iRacers Download, where reality meets the virtual world of auto racing. Cardwell hoping it stays green. He nearly spins it around. Who's it going to be, Cardwell, Berkeley, or someone else? iRacing's executive director, Taylor Hart Jr. I think that NASCAR is starting to see the value and the opportunities that can present themselves working with iRacing. From the Speed Sport Podcast Studios, powered by My Race Pass. Here are your hosts, Justin Prince and Taylor Burris. Welcome to another edition of the iRacers Download from the SpeedSport Podcast Studio, powered by My Race Pass. Taylor Burris here along with Justin Prince, making a return here once again. Glad to have him back as we get ready to talk all things world of iRacing. And Justin, we got a lot to talk about. We have World of Outlaws. We have some eNASCAR previews to talk about. We even have some new content that me and you never got the chance to really discuss and some new content that was just released on our day of recording, which is Thursday, August 24th. So let's dive into it and talk about the World of Outlaws Dirt Late Model Series as they are having another exciting battle between some three championship favorites. Yeah, and that's an understatement of how things have played out. Early on in the season, Blake Majula seemed to be the favorite for the championship to win another title. He and his business partner have been C. But with Majula's, despite having the stretches of late with wins doing well, the championship in itself still looks like a C versus Logan Rumsey battle. But that 80-point difference coming up to the closing stages of the campaign. Keep in mind, Blake Majula's last time out led every single green flag lap. When it comes to the race at Williams Grove Speedway, beating his teammate Evan C. Rumsey, along with Caden Honeycutt and Robbie Buchanan Jr. wants the top five. But that's been kind of the story throughout the season. Majulis and C. But as we both know, consistency in the heat is everything. And that's been the major Achilles heel for a couple drivers for the championship is how drivers have done in their heats. It really is, Justin, and of course, we're going to have to see a lot of drivers trying to still negotiate through the rest of this championship, but Majula's doing what he needs to do to try to close the gap, but with only a couple of rounds left in the season, there is not a lot of room for error. He needs to make sure, I mean, honestly, he probably has to win the last couple of rounds of the championship, and Evan not have a good finish outside the top five in order for him to have a shot of even getting inside the top two, let alone winning the championship. Yeah, it's going to take basically a collapse. But the thing is, it's not as simple as that appears because, again, because of the situation with Rumsey being within just about a race distance, just about is the key word. Any slip-ups, and you open up the door for Rumsey to be able to steal away the championship despite being basically the non-points leader, or not in the points lead, rather, for the entire campaign. It's that big of a difference that to be made just with having any trouble in qualifying. And that's why drivers emphasize qualifying well is important. If you don't have track position for your heat, it's hard to get track position inside the heat. If you don't have track position in turn at all, 
it's hard to do well in the feature and score points. It really is, and we're going to have to see how these drivers will have to do it as they head to the mecca of all dirt racing action at the famed Eldora Speedway. Of course, back in 2022, when this was the running of the event, last time that they ran, it was Evan C. who took home his first one of the season on the schedule last time. But So we'll see how the action plays out on Monday, August 28th, starting at 9 p.m., and catch all the action on either Dirt Vision or on iRacing streaming platforms. From one form of dirt racing to another, on this past Wednesday, a champion has been crowned. Connor Barry clinches his second iRacing Off-Road World Championship at Crandon. And I gotta say, this one was a bit of a surprise because Connor Barry was really in the middle of this. I mean, he had some great runs all season long, but there was a lot of other drivers who were in the mix as well who were trying to battle it out. But the biggest thing for Connor, consistency is helps win some championships. When it comes to the championship, Connor Barry and that consistency has been a major staple of his running because he's a driver with real-world experience. He's a driver who can run well at a make the two different types of tracks. He's a driver that if you don't have that consistency, it's hard to be able to beat him. So in turn, Keaton Swain, real-world rival, absolutely put up a great fight. But in turn, that consistency from Barry... Just perfect to be able to do what he needed to do to be able to win another championship. It really was, and a great drive for him as well. He was able to put up some big numbers to help clinch this championship. Keaton Swain, of course, another one to watch on in future championship runs. As we'll have to wait and see how when the next season will be, but it's a lot of work still ahead as they move further and further. But this championship, definitely a fan favorite. The All-Stars, Luke Canup, and real actual off-road racer. Of course, most of these drivers who compete in this championship are also competing in real off-road world, champ real world championships as well. But for Luke Canup to come home with another strong lead in the championship there on the All-Stars, he did a great job, and as well as for Trevor Teal, who took home the All-Star Pro 4 Celebrity Series. Yeah, that was some intriguing racing, to say the very least. Drivers getting a chance to be able to play around in different types of cars, to be able to different play around, rather, compared to some of their comfort levels in a couple of cases. But really, a lot of those drivers in that respective championship, you can argue, could, if you put them in the World Championship, do the exact same thing. Luke Cadup especially, because he's been running against the same drivers that you see in the World Championship for years. So it's the matter, I think he's someone you could argue should have been in the Pro Series. A couple others are the same. It's just difficult to qualify in. It really is. And, of course, these drivers are going to be some future stars. Of course, Luke Canup trying to battle his way in the E-NASCAR ranks as well. Not doing as strongly as what he was hoping for. He's currently outside the top 20. But still, a lot of things can happen. So we'll have to keep track of his run as they progress further and further into the future of this World Championship. Speaking of eNASCAR competition, the eNASCAR time trials for the eNASCAR College iRacing Series are underway for Daytona. And uh, Justin, I think you even mentioned before we went live on the air that you were getting ready to go for a shot at this college series. It's not going to be easy to qualify to start things off Daytona when it comes to the Xfinity Series cars. That's contrary to the advertisements involving the truck involved. But it's important to mention that qualifying is razor thin to start this year's eNASCAR College Series campaign. The margin for error, and we're only one day into the qualifiers at the time of this, mind you, is 35 one-hundredths of a second in the top 40. If you are not in the 50.4s, 
you are struggling to make it into the field, into the top split. That's how razor thin the margins are and how a lot of the top drivers with organizations on the platform have that representation at the college level, but also at the Coke level, as well as in the road to pro qualifying ladder. It's not going to be easy whatsoever. It's gone to the point where Michael Conti is even challenging his former teammate and technical alliance member. Can anybody stop Logan Clampett? <laughs> That's going to be the tough one right there. Logan Clampett has been one of the most dominant drivers in the NASCAR College iRacing Series. And, of course, we'll see how this will play out as qualifiers will run, of course, all the way to the 3rd of September. Then on September 19th, a 60-lap race will be held, utilizing, of course, the NASCAR Xfinity Series cars. And if you want to register, all you have to do is go on iRacing, find the eNASCAR College iRacing time trials to register, and then, of course, go back to the time trial section and try to see if you can set your fastest lap in order to see if you have what it takes to be in any one of the two splits that will be happening later on in September. So keep an eye on that. And hopefully our very own Justin Prince gets a shot of competing for this yeah. series. And it's important to mention they did switch up how the structure of the series is this year. We touched upon it a little bit before. It's now a point system, essentially. Basically, there are drops for a quarter of the season. However, Taylor, if you really want a shot at battling for the championship, you have to be in top split and you have to be able to run well if you want those scholarship dollars this year. You certainly are going to have to, and you're going to have a lot of work ahead of you to see if you have what it takes to do that as we keep an eye on the rest of this championship series and seeing who will be some of the future college stars. Hopefully we'll get a couple of new colleges that will come on board in this season as well. Moving on, of course, Justin, a lot of news as far as future content has been released here in the past couple of weeks with iRacing. And let's go back a little bit in time. We saw, of course, the Cadillac and BMW, two astounding GTP cars that have been added on the iRacing platform. But then back up a little bit earlier in the month, two more have been showcased, not fully showed, but covered up and kind of teased a little bit. I mean, a lot of people are thinking it's either the Lambo, it's the Glickenhaus, it's this, it's that. But looking over the things up at IMSA, there's two other cars left on the IMSA Grand Touring Prototype class that have yet to been showcased. And that is, of course, the Porsche 963 as well as the Acura ARX06. I think in that case, it was the matter of if and not when, or rather when, not if, because it's been talked about for a while and knowing how that situation likely going to play out with that IMSA partnership, knowing the need to be able to keep up with the times, obviously. So it was really just a matter of when they were going to tease it, not if they were ever going to get it. It certainly is. And of course, here we are seeing these drivers getting the chance to possibly have these cars released on the platform in this up and coming build. And I got to say, it's pretty exciting to see this happen. We'll have to see if anything changes in the coming weeks, but we'll see the hopefully full renditions as we get closer because we're pretty much almost at the end of season three of 2023. Yeah, I expect a lot of the news to come out within the next week or two, especially when it comes to that. But keep in mind, in a lot of these circumstances, in alluding to that, a car like that has is not as simple as just let's scan it build it, and then we release it. This has been something you would have to consider has been in the works to get the BOP right, especially in that realistic field for months. It takes time to get it right before you get it to the public, and I think that's going to be the major case 
that I'm hoping that a lot of people are going to notice when it comes to those cards alluded to. Yeah, we're going to see a lot of things happening here, and hopefully we'll see these along with, of course, the Zanvort rescan that we saw and a couple of other pictures showcased uh, back earlier this month. Kern County, both the Oval Asphalt and the Oval Dirt Track were released side by side, and it's kind of cool that both of these tracks will be literally combined it into one package pretty much for drivers to go out there and enjoy for those who are fans of the short track and dirt track scene. Two for the price of one. What can you say? It's a great deal. And what can you say? Everybody's been shouting for Kern County for a while, or a lot of the short track racers have been. They it's certainly. Great, it's a great racetrack. It's a great facility in general. But I think it's a smart play for my racing to say, why would we charge this amount for two different segments of the same property? Just combine them in one, and all of a sudden, you now have an oval, you now have a dirt track, and guess what? People now can try a dirt track if they feel like it for for the price of an oval, let's they, say. They certainly can, and it's pretty cool to see how this track will come about. And, of course, hopefully will be released in the new upcoming build. And then, of course, recently, as of on Thursday, August the 24th, another track was teased. This one over on in France. This is, of course, the Circuit de Lidadon. And wanted to do a little bit of research on this track, but Justin, we got our first screenshot of a, another European track that was teased in some of the recent development issues. Yeah, and I found it intriguing looking at some of it based on what everyone was saying about it because they announced it in French. And the first response that apparently, I guess, is the meaning in French. I had to do a Google Translate to get the full context. But apparently the tweet was in French saying, I wonder what track this is. The first response on Twitter was, or X, I should rather say, is, what is this animal of an elephant with the just covering the eyeballs? So in other <laughs> words, it's a part of that need to expand European content. And that's a huge, huge, huge thing to be able to gather up and get ready to go because that's been sorely lacking because you can argue all you want about, oh, I'm in the States. I've got 25 tracks. Imagine how that is if you're France and you see 25 U.S. tracks, but you only have three in your country. Yeah, it is a big deal. Of course, this track is – and excuse my French, of course. This is located in Le Denon, France, and this track opened in 1973. It has hosted major events such as uh, – French Formula 4 competition, French Formula Renault competition, Italian GT, French Formula 3, French Super Touring Championships, and many other different styles. Currently, the uh, French Formula 4 and the French Touring Style Sports Car Series that opened began back in 1997 are the two major series championships that compete on this circuit. The lap time record is a GT1 car, with a one minute, one minute, 17 second, 0.76, utilizing a Celine S7R back in 2007. So pretty interesting track. It is, of course, a FIA grade two circuit and a couple of other points as well. It is 13 turns, 1.9 miles long. So it's going to be a fun little track to add to the many other European tracks that are planned to come on the iRacing platform in the coming weeks. Again, the thought is finally expanding. I'm very curious how it's going to play out and how it fits in the series layout because there are a lot of tracks, and I mean a lot of tracks when you look at it at this point, Taylor. It's to where you almost have so much of an overabundance where it's difficult to get 
the same track on the same series rotation more than once in a year. That's kind of how the community has it built per se, yes. But in turn, you have a lot of choice. It's almost a bit overwhelming at this point. It really is. And of course, it's going to be interesting to see how iRacing will go about planning the rest of this style of content, especially when it comes to European circuits and more circuits from Asia, which are planned to come into the works in the coming days, as well as even Australia, which, you know, a lot of Australian drivers are really wanting to see that come into play for future, especially with the release of you know, the possibility of the brand new V8 supercars coming to iRacing. Hopefully this is not confirmed. This is just speculation, of course. We don't know that information just yet. But it is something to think about since iRacing and the V8 supercars have a special relationship in their sponsor or their programs. But again, it would make sense to bring the real world car in for the modern era, right? It, it just, is. again, remember iRacing processes take some time and you need that in advance and it can take up to a year to get the car ready it certainly can but we have seen it where it has come into play quite sooner rather than later i mean you think about the bmw gtp car you know we got that before it even made official start in any form of motorsports same thing with the nascar next gen car and that's an important thing to think about too because it's manufacturer to manufacturer even series to series differences on their approaches to this type of content and BMW had taken the very interesting approach to be able to establish the car as a dominant car before it hits the racetrack. They've done that for a couple of years now. I like that approach because, you know, more content for us, but in all seriousness as well. Some people like to keep it tight, tightly knit. Don't allow that data to come through to have everything down to a T because of that realistic factor in for a sim. But that's been kind of flipping as the past couple of years have gone on where more and more brands are realizing it's not just that simple. You also, you can have a fast car, but you have to know how to utilize it. Yeah. That, that is the kicker right there. You have to know how to utilize your race car in order to have a shot of doing anything with this and seeing what you can accomplish in these styles of cars. Because if you think about it, the sports car racing world, the NASCAR racing world, and speaking of NASCAR, we'll go a little bit more further into that with some other news is they see this as an open platform. Yes, they want to try to go in other platforms as well, probably. Maybe not IMSA at the moment, but NASCAR. You see that happening with the World of Outlaws branching out into other platforms and consoles to be able to get that opening. And it's a big thing to where these manufacturers, these series, want to get their content out to the masses. Because, let's be honest... This is the day and age, Justin, where gone are the days where people want to really sit down and watch races or listen to them on a radio nowadays or read a newspaper article compared to you want to see a quick clip and you maybe want to go and try to drive these cars at your own personal leisure at home. Exactly. And that's kind of the appeal of the video game market is... If you are a fan, one of the biggest ways to be able to build a fan base, especially when it comes to the younger demographics, you get the chance to be able to do it yourself in a somewhat controlled environment. It's not easy to get into the real world environment where if you crash your car, you end up having to pay a million dollars. But if you do that 100,000 times the virtual world, as long as you're not online, things are okay. But in all seriousness, again, 
take, for example, the NASCAR Thunder series from that side of video gaming from the 2000s, as well as some of the predecessors to iRacing, like NR2003. Those are still beloved today by those same fans that are now diehard NASCAR fans who are kids, like 10, 5 years old in some cases, around the time of that era of video gaming and when it comes to racing games. If you get yourself in a spot where you can recreate that with a new generation, with a brand new feature set too, for the modern age of expectations, you build a fan base that is there for 20, 30 years down the road. You certainly can. And we're excited to see what happens. And speaking of building their platform, NASCAR, of course, is looking at other options due to the fact that Motorsports Games is basically not upheld their end of the bargain to where they can't release a quality game for consoles and for the masses who can't really, maybe not afford, but don't want to put the effort or the time into maybe a sim racing game like iRacing. And the big question now comes to, Justin, where do you think NASCAR could go to be able to put a game out there for the masses on consoles such as Switch, Xbox, and PlayStation? I mean, in regards to that conversation with the developer side, first of all, it's very depressing and very infuriating that it's come to that because of that company and its disruption of not just NASCAR content for the console side, but just the world events on iRacing and in general. Like, how do you exclusively negotiate the rights to an event, an entire event, to even run an event at a racetrack in this type of year or age, first of all? Now that's coming up and belly up at this point. Everything else is going belly up at this point, if you look at things. The IndyCar side of things is ugly. That's another discussion point, and then some to be had, because that's apparently still potentially a thing, but who knows at this rate? Well, from what but, we heard about that, that is not even going to come close to what even a normal yeah. racing game is supposed to have. It's not even going to yeah. have a, a career mode. It's literally just single race, and that's it, pretty much. When I read that, it's like, are you kidding me? Is this 1993? Is this an arcade game set up in back in that day? Because back in that day, that would be your expectations to have that. In 2023, if you don't have a career mode at minimum for a console game, you're dead. You Then what's the point? There's no point of just running single races to yourself. There's not even really any progression. It's just something that's there. And at that point, that's not enough. Even if the car physics are right, that's not enough to draw people in. So in regards to the NASCAR licensing, it's a long time coming. And then there's intriguing stuff coming out from all that with the layoffs that come over in recent leaks. Justin Malou from Tracks and GG, which is owned by Motorsport Games, mind you, coming through, for example. Other developers, Elliot Henderson is a name we remember, too, from series like Monday Night Racing. He was a developer for that company. You know what he claimed in terms of the licensing? They only had the exclusive rights to a career mode focused game. And the fact that no one else until now, even with the arcade game that NASCAR is promoting now in terms of the console games, didn't come in until this month, kind of says a lot, Taylor, about how big having a career in progression mode is to even have a 
a starter. It's a non-starter if you don't have a career mode. And at this point, it's a matter of who takes the chance, who has the money, and better yet, is there already a deal placed yet, or is this a potential plan since the filing was from June 30th for the FCC? I mean, we'll have to wait and see how this comes into play. But if you think about it, Justin, you know, iRacing does have a good console company that has been working hard to create some good games. I mean, you look at the World of Outlaws dirt racing game on consoles, it's doing significantly well. And of course, I know people will say, well, Monster Games didn't release, you know, a good NASCAR game the last time they were given that opportunity. Doesn't mean, though, that they could change due to the fact that they're under different management. And then also, go ahead. I was about to say the argument, though, in terms of going back to that route is Monster Games already had a chance. And to be quite frank, they need to step up a ton. If you can get an, a modernized version of what iRacing's got on the sim, I think people would buy it. But if you go back to what the NASCAR Heat franchise had, I don't think that's an easy sell because of just how the that same grouping recycled a lot of sounds from 2003, and that is a non-starter for me. You don't, even with, you don't have a same car. Why would you use the same sounds from back in the day? Still baffles me today from the early iterations. I'm very concerned because well, it, they got to get it right. NASCAR has to get it right. They do, certainly do. And, you know, a lot of people are talking about, you know, EA might be coming back with this. I've heard some rumors, speculations about they could be back in the mix of trying to build a console game. Maybe give well, us thoughts on that. Well, that's the thing. It wouldn't be a surprise because they did buy Codemasters, and guess what? Now they have a racing division again all of a sudden with F1. But here's my nervous part. How do they do that with NASCAR? They have really started to implement a lot of the racing perspective back into the sports side. I can see they're seeing the appeal again because the F1 games and their success on the consoles, I think, has really driven that approach back again after going away because it wasn't profitable enough years ago. Honestly, if they do it right, take the time to do it right, even if it's two years, even if it's three years, to do it right, you might be able to get yourself in the millions, and that might be enough to be able to convince them to stick around. If you do it wrong and rush it out the door within six months to a year and say, here's the latest edition, it's going to be hard to be able to build confidence from the consumer base. It really is, and it's going to be kind of... You know, this is a big deal because this is basically the fate of NASCAR gaming on the line for a lot of people who are not on the sim racing side. Now, eNASCAR, as far as on iRacing, it's not going anywhere anytime soon. We know that for a fact. And plus also with iRacing, looking at doing a career mode here in the future for its own platform, that's also going to be another interesting factor to see how this could be a test in the water, possibly, for what they could do. Yeah, exactly. And I would, again, I think it's the important thing to mention again, back to what iRacing's mentioning of developing a career mode. That's, I think, their pickup. When was that announcement again? June, it's was it not? The June build or the June development build news. I don't think that's a coincidence. Yeah, and that's around the time that we saw NASCAR looking at other options. Now, here's the tough part. Developing for a PC and developing for a console is not 
simple. If, even developing console to console is not the same thing to port from one another. That takes mm -hmm. a dedicated grouping. So if the, whatever happens, if, if iRacing is the one that does make this happen, they need to do a lot because it's not just simple as reusing what Monster Games has done in the past. They need to rebuild from the ground up on the NASCAR side. Yes, they certainly do. And we'll have to wait and see how this will play out in the coming, basically coming years. This is point blank. It's going to take a lot of time. It's not going to be overnight. We're not going to see anything. Even the iRacing's career mode won't be happening until probably another couple of years. Well, like I just said, you, if you get it right, in a couple of years, guess what? That's around the timeline I said to do it right, to be able to get your first iteration done and have enough testing put in to make sure it's not a buggy mess. Hint, hint, ignition. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll have to wait and see on that, but still a lot of things to discuss. But for that note, though, Justin, that's pretty much all the news going on in the world of iRacing. A lot of things still to come. Of course, we've got eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series coming up next week. Of course, these drivers in the championship still trying to see who can punch their ticket as they get ready to head to the Monster Mile. And, of course, one driver's already guaranteed, Garrett Lowe, who was one of the drivers who was last minute to make it into the playoffs, but is definitely looking to be a championship favorite by his consistency. Once again, consistency wins championships. He he and that entire grouping behind the scenes is going to be extremely busy. Boyd Hogan and company. Because Michigan in the first place was uh, not the cleanest of races. Now, how do you execute at Homestead Miami, I think, is going to be the bigger question now is, if you haven't started your testing already, you better have started already. Because you don't want to be the team who ends up being responsible for somebody losing $100,000, which has been something I've heard drivers say after losing $100,000. <laughs> it certainly is. So we'll see who is able to survive that as they head to the Monster Mile. Uh, we already got one driver, but who do you think could be the other three drivers that could make their way into the playoffs? Your thoughts on that right quick. If it's not someone like Nick Goninger or Michael Condi, I'd be shocked in that because they're consistency all year when it comes to the car. Outside of that, that's a tough pick because really it's been difficult to even be consistent for half the races this season because of how the structuring of this year has gone. Honestly, it's a toss-up for the fourth spot, in my opinion. You think it's a toss-up? Well, I agree with two of those drivers. Of course, Conti is one of those drivers. I think Zelensky, honestly, is one to keep an eye on. He's also been consistent for the most part and has picked up some of the most wins this season in the championship. So keep an eye on him. I have to say he's going to be one to watch who can make it to the final four. And another driver who I could say, keep an eye on Tucker Minter. I think he could be one to watch. He has shown up a lot of speed all season long, picking up even the season opener win. So he's got some pace. I think keep an eye on him as well. I like the pick. I like the idea when it comes to him. I like Zelensky more so, I'll be honest, because of the track record when it comes to him. After all, for some reason, whoever made the bracket graphic decided to italicize him only as he was the top seed. But to be honest as well, outside of that, if I had to make a third and final choice here, something's telling me Kerwin. I'd like to give a shot to Kerwin because they've had some momentum from that camp too. So you're going to go with the defending champion to see if he can 
defend his title for this year. That's a good pick, I'd have to say. I mean, it would break the curse. It certainly would. Not going to so be easy. I, no, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be a lot of things at stake, and we'll have to see who comes out on Tuesday, August the 29th. Catch all the action on both eNASCAR and iRacing streaming platform. But with that, Justin, I believe another episode in the books for the iRacers download. A lot of things to look forward to. We'll discuss more as far as the eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series Championship next week, and who else might have punched their way into the playoffs next time here on the download.